Coming up next on Contemplate. If we trust God, we do not always have to know all the reasons why when he says no. And sometimes, clearly, as we just read, he does say no. But we can always trust that when we're following God, his perfect plan will be the best plan for us and for his work. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, and this is Contemplate. I'm Ron Hagel again. Thanks for listening to part four of Contentment in Christ. Through the story of how Pastor David came to be at Axe Church, we'll see a great example of how God leads, answers prayer, and knows what's best for each of us. Our study today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 6, and we'll begin in verse 6. So please get out your Bible as we join Pastor David Robinson for today's lesson, recorded live at Acts Church. I'm a person who loves to think about stuff that bores a lot of people. Um, and if you're wondering, how do I know that it bores a lot of people? Because they tell me. Um, they, they're not shy about telling me that what I like to think about is boring or annoying or whatever. I like to analyze everything. And I mean just about everything. My old law partner um, used to get really annoyed with me because, you know, we'd watch a movie or something and he would want to like the movie and tell me about how he liked the movie, but I would like analyze the movie to death, right? Um, he would call it overanalyzing, but he didn't know. I was just getting started, right? Um, I like to think about what's going on, why people are doing what they're doing and really dig into things, okay? Um, and the Lord gave me a love for, for argument um, and, and analysis early on. And so I kind of walked through a path of becoming an attorney. I knew from a relatively young age that that's the direction that I was going to go. Actually, prior to that, when I was younger, I wanted to be a pastor. Um, And then, you know, my dad was a pastor, and then I saw his paycheck, and I was like, no, attorney sounds better. Um, And so I went in that direction. But no, I I felt really called to that. And I went through that, and I spent a long time um, going through, getting the education, uh, you know, learning my craft and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, And several years back, um, I was in a position where um, I started to feel a pull in a different direction. I was living in Tennessee at the time, and I just I felt like I was called to write a book. I'd actually felt for a long time that I was supposed to write a book, had actually started on one and just wasn't getting to it to get it finished, and, um, but I felt like I was being called to, to write a book, and uh, this was late in the year. I think it was 2012, but I don't remember what year. Um, I think it right around then. And, and I thought to myself, or I was talking with uh, some folks or with my law partner and I think my wife and some others and sort of made a news resolution. I'm going to do this thing, okay? Um, I really felt that God was calling me to do this. Not much, just this one thing. And so, not much, right? Writing the book. But it wasn't, it wasn't much. Um, and so I, I did, and I, and I set myself to it. And I even set aside time from work. Uh, I would take a day off every week and just write and just do this thing because I felt that God had called me. I just wanted to be faithful to do what he had called me to do. And so I did it until it got finished, okay? I think I finished that book in the spring of that year. And then, you know, once I did the first thing, God sort of called me to the second thing. And I started to feel 
within a very short period of time after finishing that project, that God was calling me to do something new. Not to be practicing law full time, but to be doing something new. I didn't know what it was, but I felt like it was definitely something. I let my law partner know. He got very concerned um, because I wasn't going to do all his work anymore. So he was concerned about that, and I talked to my wife, obviously, and we were trying to figure out what this thing is that God had for us. And here's the thing. Um, God did not give us a direction for a long time. He gave us a feeling, a sense, a sense that there was a calling coming, a sense that I was supposed to do something, but not a direction for a long time. And I had to, had to sit. I had to sit in that feeling of I'm supposed to do something, but I don't know what it was. And so um, it was about uh, a year and a half after I started to have that desire that the Holy Spirit moved and spoke to me directly um, and let me know what it was, gave me a specific call, specifically what I was to do. I'd like to tell you that during that year and a half or so that I didn't get antsy, um, that I was completely patiently waiting and just praying all day and just waiting, but that would not be true. That's not how it was. I'm not saying that I was over-anxious, but I certainly was chomping at the bit to get going on whatever it was that God was calling me to do. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but I wanted to do it. I didn't know what it was, but I wanted it. I wanted to know. I wanted to do it, okay? And so um, I believed that he was calling me to teach, but I didn't know exactly what the context was, where it was going to be, what it was going to be. Um, We went through a long process with the Christian law school uh, where I thought God might be calling me to teach philosophy of law at that school. Um, We went through a slightly shorter process with a Christian college where I thought God might be calling me to teach. Um, I started teaching business law online at another Christian college. I was taking some seminary classes. I'm, I'm just pushing at doors. I'm just pushing at doors wherever they are because I know that I'm supposed to do something, but God hasn't told me what it was, so I just started pushing at doors to see what would open, okay, Um, where I could find that thing that God wanted me to do. We were, uh, my wife and I were, were frustrated and confused when that law school thing I told you about, when that didn't work out because that door we pushed at, and it opened pretty wide, And we started to go through it and it started to look a lot like the way that God had worked with us in the past when he had sent us to do things or called us to do things. And so we were kind of set, like getting to the point of believing, even though we didn't have final confirmation, we had gone a very long way down the process with this uh, law school. And so we really felt like this was going to happen. This was going to happen, but it didn't. It didn't work out. Apparently, even a wide door may not fit me through. And so I, I didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a thing. And we were, we were bummed out, confused, frustrated. But we trusted God. We trusted God. And there was a temptation not to. But we did. I kept practicing law. Um, even though God was taking away the satisfaction that I once had and that I once felt in doing that, he was taking that away as he was drawing me to whatever it was he was drawing me to. Um, and we were just, we were committed to following God wherever he wanted us to go. Um, and the Holy Spirit simply said, no, no, and close this door and close that door where he didn't want us to go. Eventually, God spoke to my heart, uh, gave me direction, and he said, go plant a church in Camas, Washington. Um, And then after some patience and a lot of prayer, uh, he confirmed that call uh, so that I was certain that it was not bad sausage or something like that that I had had. Um, And eventually, 
my wife and I and my children, Corey and Ethan, ended up here with me called to serve Acts Church and Tiffany called to minister to, to local high school students in a local public school here in Camas. And it has been the most challenging, most difficult, most tiring, most rewarding, most amazing thing God has ever done in our lives. And there are some parallels with the story I just told you. Some of you have heard that story before, but there are some parallels between our journey here to be with you and the scripture we're going to study today. Um, We're in Acts. As many of you know, we've been in Acts for a long time. Last week, uh, we started the the chapter, uh, 16th chapter of Acts, and we had Paul and Silas and Timothy, and they had visited Lystra and Derbe and some other cities, and they're going through, um, and then we left Paul and Silas in that spot, and we're going to come back to them this week, and we're just going to read verses 6 through 10. We're going to read the verses, and then we're going to work through them. So let's, uh, let's look at Acts 16, verse 6. It says, Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After that, they had come to Mysia. They tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. All right, so there's a map um, of this, and some of you like maps. I like maps, and so I want to get you an idea of where they are and where they're going, right? They were heading through Phrygia. Remember, we saw them, Lystra, Derby. They're heading towards Antioch and all that. They're heading through um, this region of Galatia, and they're forbidden by the Holy Spirit to go to Asia. So we're probably talking Ephesus, which is a capital at this time of Asia Minor, kind of the south of where they were on that line. Um, and they, they were forbidden. They weren't allowed to go there. And so then they come to Mysia, which you see kind of on that north line. You see a line that goes up and it kind of goes like this. They sort of come to the border of this place. They come to this place um, and they want to go to Bithynia, which you can see is kind of north of that. But the Holy Spirit did not let them go. Did not permit them. And so they end up in Troas. Okay, so they're sitting there in Troas. Paul has a vision of a man in Macedonia pleading with him to come to Macedonia to help them. Macedonia is on the other side of that section of the Mediterranean, so it's a boat ride. It's a boat ride from where they are. Um, And if you picked up the language there in that verse, you see that Luke has now joined the party. Okay, 16 chapters in, and the author of the book is now joined actually with these guys, with Paul and Silas and Timothy. He says, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So Luke, who wrote the book of Acts by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is now actually physically present at this point of the history. Um, And so I want to look at what's going on here. I want to analyze this because I think that this has a lot of implications for the way that we live our lives and the way that we seek to know the will of God in our lives. These guys are effectively working with the churches. They're following the Lord's call to do his work. We read back at the last verse of last week, in verse 5, we read that the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. That's what was going on. 
Their ministry was effective. They're preaching the gospel. They're encouraging the church. They're bringing the letter about not having to get circumcised. Everybody's happy. Everything's going well. The ministry's effective, right? But now, as they move on and they're like, hey, things are going well. We're killing it with the gospel. The Lord's with us. The Holy Spirit's with us. But then they want to go to Ephesus. They want to go to Asia. And the Holy Spirit says, no, you can't. And so they're like, okay. So they go up this other direction. And then they want to go up to Bithynia. And the Holy Spirit says, no. And so they're sitting there in a situation of just having to wait on God. They go to Troas and they're just waiting. They're just kicking it. They're just, they're just saying, okay, you didn't let me go there. You didn't let me go here. Where do you want me to go? And then, then the Lord gives Paul a vision to let them know that they need to go to Macedonia. And there's a couple of questions that come into my mind and maybe yours here. First, why weren't they allowed to go into these other regions? Why weren't they allowed to go there? Certainly the gospel was needed there. And second, why doesn't the Lord just give Paul this vision about the guy in Macedonia early on before he wastes his time wanting to go to these other places. Why don't I just tell him, this is what I have for you. This is where you need to go. I think, I think that sometimes that's where we are. Uh, we want to know um, what God's plan is, and we want to know as much of it as we can possibly know, because we don't waste our time. We don't want to go here or go there if God wants us to go here. And so... Uh, Paul is willing to go to these places. I'm assuming that these guys have a desire for the people in these regions, a love for them. They want to preach the word there, yet the Holy Spirit doesn't let them go. Why? I'll give you the answer. You ready? Because the Holy Spirit said so. You remember when you were young and your parent told you to do something and you asked why and they told you, because I said so? I know that you millennials probably aren't familiar with this. Um, you had to get an explanation. I know. Um, my, my kids are millennials, so. Um, but parents get to do that. Why do parents get to say, because I said so? They get to say, I said, because I said so, because they're the ones with the plan. And they don't always have time to explain all the reasons why and all the nuances and all the variables of why they need you to do this thing right now. Don't run out in the street. Why? Because this car is coming and, well, you know, you're going to get hit and, and people don't make it. Once cars hit people, people tend to go down and cars tend to keep going. You, you don't have time to explain all that to them. It's just don't because I said don't. Obey me. And uh, it can be uh, frustrating, I think, uh, that when parents do that uh, because maybe, maybe we don't trust them as much as, as we should or maybe we just like to know the reason why. And I think that's okay. Um, but they are the parents, Right. In this case, God says no because he has a different plan for these folks. If we trust God, we do not always have to know all the reasons why when he says no. And sometimes, clearly, as we just read, he does say no. But we can always trust that when we're following God, his perfect plan will be the best plan for us and for his work. But why not just give Paul the vision of this guy from Macedonia right away so they don't waste time pushing at closed doors? Let's go to Asia. Let's go to Bithynia. And they're wasting time. They're thinking about it. They're concerned about it. They're spending that time. Why not just when he's in the last city where he's supposed to be, then he gets the vision for the next city where he's supposed to be? That's the question that I ask when I'm in those situations. When, when the Lord was saying to me, hey, you're going to do something, my response was, what? When? How? Why? Where? Tell me now. 
right? I want to know. I want to know it only makes sense. Just show me the whole plan so I know what to do and I don't waste time floundering around at closed doors, pushing on a bunch of doors that are closed, trying to figure out what you're doing. Just tell me what it is. What would you do with that information if you had it? Let's just say God gave you the next 10 years or 20 years. Here it is. Here you go. You got this, and then you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this. By the way, here's how the season of whatever ends. And, but, you, know, you know it all. Um, and you know exactly where you're going to go. You know exactly what you're going to do. What would you do with that information? I don't know what I would do, but I have, I have some guesses. I have some guesses. I, I think that... I would constantly be looking at the next thing in the plan that God has for me instead of concentrating on the thing that he had for me right here and now. I just know me. I would be thinking about what the next thing is. I would be focused. My focus would be divided between what I'm doing now, what I'm doing right here, and what the next thing is that God has for me, especially if that was some really exciting thing. If it was a really exciting thing, it might be hard to be excited about what I was doing today. And so maybe that's one of the reasons. I know that I would probably spend less time seeking relationship with him to know his will because I already knew it. I already knew what his will was, right? I wouldn't spend as much time in relationship seeking, asking. Man, if you've ever been in these times where you're trying to figure out what are you calling me to do, you know there are intense times of prayer. There are intense times of going to the Lord and going to the Lord and going to the Lord, and it's good. It's good to have those times with the Lord where you feel very close to him as you're seeking and seeking and seeking him, seeking to please him, seeking to know his will. It's a good time. Also, I would not receive all the benefits that come from the time and effort and energy it takes to push out of the doors. That may sound strange, but here's the deal. You meet people that you wouldn't have met if you went to start pushing at these doors, people that you may develop relationships with, people that may come along in some other point or later or whenever that you need to know, right? Or that God wants you to meet or that God wants you to, to speak to, whatever the case may be. Um, you learn patience and you learn to bloom where you're planted. You learn to stay effective until he gives you a new plan. I also, if I knew everything ahead of times, ahead of time, would not get the incredible benefit of constantly getting to see that the things that God actually has planned are so much greater than the things that I thought I wanted. My life is marked by God always not just doing something a little better, but incredibly beyond my wildest dreams better than the thing that I would have set up for myself or the thing that I thought I wanted or the thing that I thought he wanted for me. God always does something better. It always grows us. It's always, it always makes us stronger, smarter, better, you know, more gifted. All of those things happen because God's plan is a lot better than yours. Now, if you knew it already up front, you wouldn't get the benefit of getting to see. And here's the thing that's cool about what you, when you see that. One of the things you realize is that God is God and you are you. And you don't have anything near the ability to see everything, to plan things well. You don't have anything like the ability that God has. So when you come up with your plans and then you get to see God's plans, you see your plans for what they are. Weak. Human. 
and you get to appreciate God for who he is all the more. But if he tells you in advance everything, you don't get to see that dichotomy, the starkness of your plans versus his plans, okay? Now, Paul and the fellas, they want to go to Ephesus, they want to go to Bithynia, um, and as far as we can tell from the text, these are not bad desires. This is not, this is not bad, right? They want to preach the gospel, they want to see people saved, but God has all of this planned out in his perfect timing. If God had told me right when I started to feel the sense that I was to do something else, if I had said, tell me now where to go and what to do, and he said, okay, plant a church in Camas, I would not have come at the right time. I would have come too early. I would have come too early. For those of you that know the story, you know that the door for me to be here with you right now, for us to be in the relationship that we're in, it required me to show up at an exact time. An exact time. Had I come too early, I would have missed it. Would have started doing something else. Had I come too late because I was rather afraid to do what God had called me to do, or I shied away from it for some reason, I would have missed it. If I had connected with the church planning network, which I pushed on those doors too, a couple different denominations and looking at those possibilities and decided, no, I don't think that's what God wants me to do. I, couldn't, I didn't get a good feeling about that, and so we didn't do that. If I had done that, I would not have likely been able to be here with you today because I would have had different obligations when I got here. Providentially, for all of us, God's plan is sovereign. It's, he knows what it is, and it's going to happen. If we're seeking him, God doesn't let us make mistakes, okay? God has to prepare us for the work he has for us. And sometimes that means waiting. And sometimes that means trying this and trying that and not having it work out as you learn things, as you grow. Sometimes you just need to, you just need to sit and simmer a little longer. You're just not quite ready. You're just not quite ripe. You're just not quite ready for the thing. So he's letting you know maybe, hey, there's something coming so that you'll ripen faster or so that you'll work on it, but you're not ready yet. Sometimes the work isn't ready. The thing isn't ready. And sometimes you're not ready. And oftentimes both. When you start to feel like God has something for you, the process takes time and patience. Sometimes the doors are closed because God is building you up and growing you for that next thing. The problem wasn't necessarily for Paul and the fellas. The problem wasn't necessarily that Asia or Bithynia were bad places for the gospel. The problem was that they were not the right places at the right time. And Macedonia was the right place at the right time. Had they been down in Asia, had they been up in, in Bithynia, they would not have been able to arrive in Macedonia at the right time for the work that God called them to do there. So how did they know? How did they know that they weren't supposed to do those other things? Here's the, here's the thing about hearing an answer from the Holy Spirit about what to do. You have to listen. You have to listen. Um, it was not like Paul, Timothy, Silas are sitting there in a chair and they're like, let's go to Macedonia. And they're like, oh, I can't move. Like the Holy Spirit physically stopped them from going. That's not likely what happened here, right? What happened is they're praying. They're praying. They're seeking. They're saying, God, what about this? 
God, what about that? We know we're supposed to preach the gospel. We know we're here to do the work of your church, pushing it forward. But what about here? And what about there? And they're seeking diligently and waiting for an answer. In this case, we get two no's before we get a yes. In fact, we get two no's, and then the yes comes from God actually saying, this is where you need to go. It wasn't even necessarily where they were asking to go. They're seeking the Lord, learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is important. Learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit is a huge part of the calling of the Christian life. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Camas, Washington, with part four in our series, Contentment in Christ, here on Contemplate. What a blessing that we don't need to try and figure everything out. God knows what's best for us, and we can trust Him to let us know in His perfect time frame. Now, if you'd like to hear Pastor David in person, or maybe need some help trusting God for some things going on in your life, come see us this Sunday morning. All the info you need is online at axcamus.org. That's axcamus.org. Or call us at 360-885-9000. That's 360-885-9000. Hope to meet you this Sunday. I'm Ron Hagelgans, and I hope you'll listen to the next podcast where we'll learn more about how to hear and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's right here with Pastor David Robinson on Contemplate.